We invite you to pray with the Gospel readings every day of the year with Sacred Space, the Prayer Book 2023. The text of each day's Gospel passage is included, along with points of reflection and a prayer theme for the entire week. Put together by the Irish Jesuits, Sacred Space, the Prayer Book is a wonderful way to immerse yourself in prayer using the principles of Ignatian contemplation. Find Sacred Space, the Prayer Book 2023 at loyolapress.com or wherever you buy your Catholic books. This is an OSV Podcasts production. To learn more about OSV Podcasts Network, visit osvpodcasts.com. FIG Ministry presents the Catholic Influencers Podcast. Join me, Alyssa Aegis, and my co-hosts, Father Rob Gallia and Justine Cumbo, as we break open the upcoming Sunday Mass readings and discuss relevant topics and life issues from a Catholic perspective. For a shorter, more reflective explanation of the Gospels, be sure to check out our sister podcast, Catholic Influencers, Father Rob Gallia Homilies. Good afternoon. Good evening. Good morning. Good morning. Hola, muchachos. <laughs> well, did you have a good morning this morning? Did you wake up? I woke up early and started work. <laughs> yeah, yeah me, me too. I was up at 4.30 this oh. morning. No, I wasn't working at 4.30, but I was up only because the dog needed to get up and go for a pee. Ah. <laughs> but <laughs> then I didn't go up. back to sleep. Ah, oh, bugger. It's the worst. And then I went, oh, bugger. <laughs> bugger. <laughs> in, in, in Malta, that's considered rude, not in Australia. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I, said it once, I said it once to my mom and I nearly got a slap. Ooh. No way! Well, note to self: Don't ever How say rude. that word around Father. <laughs> I think in I think in England it's rude. Well, in, uh, for for those of you who heard this, well, if England. I offended anybody, I apologize. <laughs> I had good intentions. No, this is an Australian context. It's not it's not rude in Australia. Not at all. No, no. no. Well, anyway, that's <laughs> it. Now that you've thrown me under a bus, you can continue. <laughs> no, some things are rude, like the road signs. Like that, when I first moved to Australia, they were crazy. Something like the police had this big billboard i know it was about alcohol do you remember so uh, just yeah. a little bit over you being beep idiot Whoa. oh that's right yeah oh, yeah, yeah. That, but for some it's really rude again yeah, yeah. if i'd said that to my parents they'd get offended I've come to it. australia everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> everything's really rude and crass yeah, in australia. not and all I mean, of it not everything no no yeah. no 90 percent of things we're, we're pretty slang we like to yeah, laid back, give nicknames relax. and slang to everything. Do you, do you travel overseas? Anyone traveling overseas and on holiday? Well, holiday. It's, I think it's more expensive to, to holiday mm-hmm. within Australia than it is to like to travel overseas sometimes. Depends where you're going. Yeah, one <laughs> of our staff members is in heading on his way to Bali at the moment. How nice oh, is that? So lucky. So good. All in. Bali's cheap and I love Bali. Um, yeah. But where are you going, Alyssa? Where am I going? In six days' time, everyone. Um, no, no, I'm heading to Italy and Malta. Oh. Italy and Malta. Viva Malta. That's it. Yeah, I'm very excited. So, so Amalfi Coast. Um, I didn't get my 30th um, Italian-themed party, so I'm taking myself to Italy instead. Oh, nice. Wow. I should have, How nice. Should have planned excited. an Italian-themed 30th that I also didn't get because then I <laughs> perhaps would be on my way to Italy too. <laughs> just, come, just come, please, and surprise me. And oh you, you speak Italian. Now, I'll be curious to know, like, when you speak Italian, do the people speak back to you in English? <laughs> or do they speak I will to you let in you know. Yeah. Because um, uh, when I speak, even in Malta, I speak to people in Maltese. This never happened to me, but over the last three years, 
every time I speak to someone in Maltese, they speak back to me in English because they can. I think I have an Australianized Actually, Maltese I accent. I hate that. Like, talk to me back in Maltese or in Italy. Exactly. Like, you I've put the effort in to like do my crash course in Italian for the last five weeks. Like, speak yeah. back yeah. to me. <laughs> yeah, I hope they do that. And you? Look, I'm think. not going to Europe, but where am I going? I'm going to go to the Sunshine Coast in Australia on a little holiday. I really hope it's sunny. Yeah, I nice. might possibly cry if it's not. <laughs> like again, another one of our staff members went to South Australia, but it's been raining all day. Mm, so, <laughs> are you going anywhere? Father? I'm going. Um, I'm going to see my family in Malta, but that's just for four or so days. Anyway, very short. And t- I'll be honest with you: when I go to Malta, it's not really a holiday because I like. I'm going to Malta, and I love it. I'm blessed, and I. This, this is not a complaint, but. Like I have family baptisms and then I have the people wanting to do interviews and then I have things. It's just, it becomes more busy than mm-hmm. anything else. So at the end of the year, I'm going, I'm not going to mention where because uh, yeah, I just like to be a lot for the Southeast <laughs> Asian um, uh, holiday. So Beautiful. I'm going with a friend of mine. Um, no, actually I'm going alone. You must be even more excited. So in Malta, I'm going to be with a few of our staff members, but I'm really look, my favorite holidays are when I'm alone anyway. So um, <laughs> and I'm in the best of company. So I know we've yeah. been here before, but I'm always perplexed when you say you enjoy doing things on your own. I will never No, understand. I'd be the same. I'm looking forward to that too. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. This Catholic Influencers podcast is sponsored by Modern Grace. Modern Grace is a unique online Catholic gift store with a beautiful faith-inspired collection of gifts and homewares to bring into your life and to share with your family, friends and faith-filled community. Stocking everything from liturgical planners, rosaries, inspiring reads, sacramental gifts, Catholic homewares, a children's collection of toys, wraps and teethers, and FRG ministry merchandise and more. Modern Grace introduces Catholic gifts which add value to your faith life for any occasion. Discounts available for stocking church piety stores, conferences and events. Just contact us online for more information. So check out their range at moderngrace.com.au and follow them on Facebook and Instagram. So as we have been doing all season, we're going to break open the second reading of this Sunday's Mass, which is from 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verses 7 to 12. For you yourselves know how you ought to follow our example. We were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's food without paying for it. On the contrary, we worked night and day, labouring and toiling, so that we would not be, not be a burden to any of you. We did this not because we do not have the right to such help, but in order to offer ourselves as a model for you to imitate. For even when we were with you, we gave you this rule, the one who is unwilling to work shall not eat. We hear that some among you are idle and disruptive. They are not busy, they are busy bodies. Such people we command and urge in the Lord Jesus Christ to settle down and earn the food they eat. So in this... What's a busy body? Someone who puts their nose in other people's business. Meddles in things that are not their place to meddle in. Yeah, okay. I thought busy body was like... Someone who just never stays still. Oh. Yeah. Could it be interpreted like that too? 
I don't Perhaps. think so. Not in this country. I think a busybody yeah. is like someone like mind your own business. Gossipers kind of, yeah. and getting involved. Yeah, in other people's business instead of your own. Sorry, we interrupted you, Alyssa. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> oh, no. We're ready we to lost go. Alyssa's train of thought. <laughs> no, you can do anything. <laughs> Alyssa is here. Um, I was going to say this reading really addresses a particular issue. So yeah. um, some of the Thessalonians at that time were refusing to work. And Paul really had to um, address that situation. But there was two reasons why they were refusing to work or two reasons why this idleness was kind of an issue. So some of the, th- the Thessalonians thought the day of the Lord had already come. And if that had already come, then why should they bother working if they've already missed it? But earlier in this letter, this exact confusion about the day of the Lord, when that's coming, is addressed. But some people actually argue that the idleness of this congregation was actually happening before this confusion about when the day of the Lord um, was going to happen had settled in. So we can kind of conclude that maybe the congregation was sharing possessions as a community and some were taking advantage of other people. Mm. Yeah. So they were sort of, um, what do you say, loading something? Free like loading. Free loading, that's it. Free loading. And th- there was no, yeah, and it's a bit selfish as well like that. So uh, Jews, we have to keep in context as well, this is a Jewish, so people understood the Jewish context that the Jews, in a sense, glorified work. Work was the identity of the Jewish person. You, when when you were introduced to someone, you weren't introduced to even who your mother is, who your father is, which is something so important. But mm. always, what do you do? What, what 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 trade do you do? Where you come from? Mm-hmm. Because that actually defines defines your dignity, defines your worth, your value. Mm-hmm. So now they're saying these guys are just uh, deciding not to work because they're saying, "Ah, oh, we find our value I- in God." But it, that sometimes can be used as an excuse. And mm-hmm. yeah, so there was a bit of a dilemma in the church at that moment. There was a, a laziness coming in. Yeah, and in the Acts of the Apostles, we read <coughs> that. The first disciples were encouraged to share everything in common, which would have probably, um, or maybe incorrect, but probably would have been quite controversial as well. Mm. Like this idea of not keeping it to yourself or to your family. Um, so yeah, they were taking advantage of that. And they, the Thessalonians, the idle ones, they're not only lazy, but um, it seems like in all their free time, they're not working to earn money. They're working at being, you know, those gossipers, those bu- busybodies talking about things that they shouldn't. Um, and you know, what that really just highlights to me is that idleness breeds trouble mm-hmm. you know and um, yes. idle hands are the devil's playground you know if you leave gap in your life or too much space in your life uh, oftentimes the devil will fill it with things that doesn't that don't bring glory to God and what I think um, this scripture invites me to do and perhaps our listeners as well is it's such a good opportunity for a bit of an inventory or an examination of self you might not be freeloading I like to think I'm not a freeloader Um, I don't think I am but here we have an example of what it looks like to work for good and what it looks like to work for the opposite of good so what are you working for what are you filling your time and what are you filling your free time with and little windows of opportunity what are you building and working for in those times are you building and working for peace or working at division? Are you building up or are you breaking down? Are you you seeking to serve and build others up and working for the good of others or are you just working for the good of yourself? Just really good questions because if you're not working for good, then you're working for something else. Mm -hmm. Yes, uh, and I think a lot of this is seen also in society as a whole. You know, like when unemployment levels are high, 
there's a, a lot of crime. There's mm. a lot of um, un unrest. And so I think this is part of as well what the government is called to do is to bring dignity to people by providing work. Mm -hmm. This is what we do as employers as well to provide work for people because work brings about dignity, brings about purpose and brings about in a sense to work, to travail is, is the character of God. God worked. He rested for one day, but he worked for six of those days. So yeah. in a sense, we put this, this is the character of God, even Jesus himself. And this is what St. Paul says. He says he doesn't say, hey, work. He says work like I work. Mm -hmm. He was a tent maker. He didn't say like uh, I and he's saying like I work like Jesus worked. Now, what trade did Jesus have? He was a carpenter, you know, and there's this myth that he he was he used to make these yokes, the ox yokes. And people used to come from all around Palestine to buy these mm -hmm. ox yokes. Can you imagine made by God? <laughs> you know, I mean, they would have been perfect. perfect. <laughs> they would have been amazing. But uh, he he was excellent in his work. He worked really hard and mm -hmm. he he did a lot as well to to make sure that um, that, that he, he found the dignity of work and gave the dignity of work. And that's what St. Joseph taught Jesus. That's what St. Paul is teaching his people. Exactly. He didn't just say it, he actually proved it. So mm -hmm. when Paul was in Thessalonica um, and he founded the church there, he and his associates, they worked to support themselves to show the, 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 the Thessalonians <laughs> what um what to do. And even though in this situation, like Paul would have had the authority to receive payment, to receive hospitality. But in this case, he kind of um, put that um, authority aside and worked himself to show them exactly um, yeah, what they should be doing. And he really wanted to prevent freeloading. And so in this letter, in this reading, he's reminding the Thessalonians how he behaved um, in order for them to kind of spark something in, in them to do the same. It's mm -hmm. <laughs> so distracting. This it dog. was really hard. <laughs> you did well. Really well. Yeah, the bark <laughs> came out of nowhere. I, that wasn't I, Father Rob barking at Alyssa. It, that no, was it didn't a come dog. out of nowhere. Okay. I took the toy from his mouth <laughs> so that he would stop growling. He's growling on them, but then he barked for he, it. He so won't give it back to him. Yeah. I think but it's also, particularly as we contextualize this scripture, it is talking about employment and it is a sensitive issue. Like I know that at certain times in my life, as I was younger, but also for various different reasons, people can find themselves to be unemployed. And so Paul isn't reprimanding people who can work and simply just cannot find a job. Yes. You know, that's yep. that's out of our control sometimes, depending on so many varying different situations and climates and things like that. So he's specifically talking to those who could be unemployed and who could work, but choose not to be. And I know times in my life, uh, I have been on the receiving end of people's incredible generosity. I've been in the boat of being unemployed or I was on minimum wage for many years of my life because I um, felt really called to serve in a ministry that could only pay me minimum wage, uh, which is really, really humbling. And there were people in my life who felt really prompted to help support me for that. And I was such a grateful and humbled recipient of that. And now that's if ever I come across a missionary or, mm. or someone seeking, I want to give all the more because I've been in that exactly, place, yeah. not only of feeling humbled that I don't have money, but of receiving money from people who are so generous. So, you know, this isn't a comment on people who are unemployed, who wish they had a job and who are looking for it. But yeah, um, we've all, I think at different points in our life might have been there ourselves. Yes. And I think also, I think to keep in mind that I think that Paul was reprimanding as well, was working so, so within the community, there was this Jewish understanding that you never worked. You never got paid to teach. 
Now, this is not about teaching the word of God. This is about teaching. Like if you were a teacher at a school, you would never get paid. You, it's, you teach for free. And you teach the word of God for free, but you teach at the school for free, you teach the Torah for free, and so you never got paid for it. So basically, they were in the industry of teaching. They were educators, they were evangelists, they were um, people who went around teaching. And so they started to think, okay, so we don't get paid for this, therefore we don't, we don't have time, we're working full-time for this. But sometimes we have to be practical as well. You know, we, we evangelize, we work... But also, sometimes we need to... Uh, how amazing it would be if we could all work full-time for the Lord. But the reality is we can't. So many people do it, but they also need another job to be able to support this. And this also happens within the priesthood as well. Don't, don't you think it's just um, lay, lay people? But like, for example, Gozo, this is a, a country in Malta, which their policy is that they don't... The, the only priests that get paid are the parish priest and the assistant parish priest. Now, you have to keep in mind that there are within one parish you have 12 priests. So um, people who celebrate masses and things like that, other priests who work in other roles within the parish, don't get paid. So they have other jobs. Some of them are teachers, and they get paid for that. Some of them are farmers, and they get paid for that. And then in the afternoon or in the evening, and then they, they work as priests. And um, one of them, there's a famous guy <laughs> who has, who, who his family owns a boat. And so what he does for his job is he takes tourists out on the boat. So he's known, <laughs> when he's often seen in his budgie smugglers. Oh my gosh, <laughs> a sight no one should his, ever see. In his speedos, oh driving, uh, driving around. And then, um, uh, of course, um, people in their bikinis as well wow. <laughs> on, the, on, on their boat. So oh he's, he's very much, he's, he's an older man, but he's, it's, he's very well known. That he's I'll a, let you know if I I see him. <laughs> 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 so are you by any chance? I, you, you, you're in the speedos. Are you by any chance a priest? <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> well, oh, anyway, that, that changed the subject. Yeah. But, yeah. I don't know where to go from budgie <laughs> smugglers. <laughs> where do you take this? Uh, for those non-Australians, where do budgie smugglers come from? That's a real... Aussies, like we a just have a way of... <laughs> it's a slang. It's yeah. a, it, ca- it comes from one of our uh, politicians, uh, I think. It came from Tony... Abbott. Abbott, yeah. I think that's where it started. Probably. Are they internationally referred to as speedos? Speedos, yeah. Oh, they are. Yes. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there you go. This is a good subject End for the podcast. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know if it's in America. I don't know. What, what do you call it? Sh- Let us uh, know. Sh- short. <laughs> Very revealing swimwear. <laughs> Alyssa, bail us out of this. I will bail you out easily. There is a line in, um, in this reading. It says, if anyone was unwilling to work, neither should that one eat. This has actually become quite a well-known proverb. Um, a lot of people say there's kind of like the golden rule of Christianity, treat others as you would like to be treated. Um, and this, this line is probably considered the golden rule of work. Share work and share resources as you would want others to do with you. Um, and what else? What am I saying? I'm saying <laughs> that... This is also um, this line has also been used as an argument against like helping the needy, mm-hmm. um, but when we think about this, this really like directly contradicts everything else that kind of Paul taught, and it kind of yes. makes you think like if these people are placing so much weight on like they'll just pull one um, one verse out of context, well then what about the rest of the Bible, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, another cool thing to um, note about this is that like the magisterium really very rarely talks about how particular passages of scripture should be interpreted. But this passage, 2 Thessalonians um, chapter 3, verse 10, is an exception. Um, in 1931, Pope Pius XI actually um, put out an, an encyclical called Quadragesimo Anno, 
And in this encyclical, he basically addresses this um, piece of scripture and he confirms that what Paul is saying here is he's directing the lazy to work and everyone else to be generous. We, we shouldn't neglect helping the needy. Yes, especially again through those who know faults of their own. And some people, yeah, um, uh, through, you know, there's so much <coughs> that sometimes deters people from working. And so we do need to be patient. We do need to, of course, um, and some people are good at things that actually doesn't generate income. So yeah. So, which is, uh, yeah, a pity. Some like an artist, you know, <laughs> mm. like some many. Thank God you're an artist uh, that that uh, can generate income. But many artists cannot. They mm-hmm. cannot. They just don't have the platform for it. They don't have the business mindset for it. They don't yeah. have. So, yeah, and and we always have to be mindful for those in need. Um, so we'll hear from our sponsors. This production would not be possible without the support of our FRG ministry partners and donors. Your ongoing support ensures that our online masses, online courses, podcasts, TV programs, school, youth and parish outreaches continue to reach millions of people across the world. Please prayerfully consider giving a one-off donation or becoming an ongoing ministry partner and join us in our mission to share the love of Jesus and His message of hope to the ends of the earth. Find out more at frgministry.com slash donate. Well, speaking of um, refusing to work and um, this topic of idleness, we want to talk a little bit about laziness and maybe how we can overcome that does anyone do any of you struggle with being lazy uh i i struggle with working too hard i do but when i'm lazy then i'm lazy Mm. like i that i'm I'm lazy and the worst thing for me is that when i'm lazy and i feel so guilty about it that i end up i'm just in (laughs) in a place where uh, I, I, I become paralyzed almost like, yeah. Mm. yeah, and I feel sorry for myself. So that's where I have, but I've, I've set up um, procedures in my life that w- where I can combat it. Mm. And you can definitely put more boundaries around. I think this like common use of self-care can often tip over into a waterfall of laziness. Like, yes, we need to take care and we need to rest. But then I think, yeah, this whole me time, more me time, me, me, me can can yep. sometimes lead to laziness, I think. Yeah. Yep. But uh, laziness is, I think it's dangerous. It's okay to be laid back. It's okay to be lazy every now and then. And I think it's actually important. But uh, laziness uh, can become can become a god, can become part mm. of our lives. And it can be s- something that we accept and define ourselves by and yeah. resign to. Yes. I think it's important to clarify the difference between laziness and rest. Yeah. Like, um, there is a difference between that, you know, um, we shouldn't confuse a well-deserved rest with laziness. We need to take time to enjoy, you know, maybe it's the satisfaction of achieving our goals or maybe there was just a day that was just really, really hard and you need to rest and that's important for you to recoup and um, be refreshed. So the difference between the two, I think, is is important. Yes. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. And so, but look, for, for those who struggle with laziness, 
I, there are practical things that we can do that we can do to fight. First of all, you have to recognize that you, you struggle with laziness. And sometimes laziness, I would say, where is it coming from? Because some people are lazy because they don't know where to begin. They're overwhelmed. Yeah. They're, it's just life is so overwhelming. And especially those who suffer from anxiety or ADHD. And so you end up in a spiral where laziness is not that you actually want to be lazy, but you just actually don't know where to begin. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, th- there are certain things that we can do to to overcome that. And maybe we'll get to the practical tips towards the end. But let's talk a little bit about laziness and what, what it means and, yeah, maybe ways in which we can str- deal with this. Um, I was going to say that I... I feel like I struggle with this sometimes. Like when I get going, I'm like, awesome. Mm -hmm. But then maybe that's procrastination. But like um, I definitely feel like I can fall into this trap sometimes as well. And I saw this post on Instagram a few months back and I saved it. And when I knew we were talking about this, I went back Mm -hmm. to it. Um, And basically it's saying that there's not not really any secret to fighting laziness. Um, And basically momentum is more powerful than motivation because motivation comes and goes. But if you've already got – you've already built lasting habits through small, consistent daily choices, that momentum that you've built up is going to be way more powerful than any burst of motivation that you're going to get. Um, And while it might take a while for you to kind of gain speed, um, once this is in motion, this momentum is in motion, it's really a force to be be reckoned with. And you might maybe might feel like the – things that you do day in, day out, they're like meaningless and wrote those habits, um, but you're actually building unseen momentum and, and use that to help you to overcome laziness. But how do you build momentum? You know, like the, the, I think this is where the problem lies, is that people, including myself, don't know how to build momentum. And when I get it, I think I will always have it mm-hmm. until I don't have it and then mm-hmm. I think, oh, I wish I had it. For example, for me, when it comes to training, you know, like I, I, I maintained my training all throughout a pandemic, two years, you know, and it was mediocre training at best, you know, it was just maintaining the, the, the training. But and then there were moments where I was motivated, I had momentum, but all of a sudden, like these last six weeks or whatever, uh, actually, I'm on my fourth week. Uh, I've just because I've set certain things and I planned ahead and I worked mm-hmm. for this. Now I have momentum, and I don't didn't realize how much of a lack of momentum I had before this moment. Yeah, mm-hmm. I forgot what it is like, and now it's almost effortless. Like it's a joy to diet. It's a joy to get out of bed and exercise. It's no effort to wake up at 5.30 in the morning and be at the gym. While any time before this, it was hell to say the least, you know? Mm, I would yeah. do it, but it would suffer. So how do we so get... So what flipped you? Well, I think there were a number of things. One is that I decided... One, I realized the need. I needed, uh, okay, I need the stamina because I'm starting to travel again. I'm starting to tour again. I'm on a plane uh, often again. And, and uh, people don't understand how much stamina you need. Like, mm-hmm. I just went to speak to in Cairns, you know, last, uh, just uh, last week. It's seven hours to get there. I spoke for literally six, seven hours. And then I was on a plane that evening for another eight hours to get back home. It is exhausting. Then the next day you have work and then you're flying out again. I'm flying out. And so, and plus you have work. So it is really exhausting. Like I burn about 4,500 calories a day when I'm on stage. And that's without going to the gym. Now, what I'm saying is that it takes a lot of stamina. So I thought, okay, I need to build back my stamina because I'm young. I'm a bit older than I was three years ago. And <laughs> 26 when I was now. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and so that was where it started. And then I said, okay, what am I going to do about it? And I tried several times to do things, but I couldn't. But eventually, I found this group, they're called Reform. 
um, definitely worth looking up. They're a Catholic group, and they offered if I would do do this course online. And I thought, okay, look, let me let, let me catch up with them. So, um, I, and it's a twelve week course, and because I'm surrounded by people who who are doing the same thing, one, two, they gave me practical ways of how to do it. And you know what? Hmm. It wasn't my training. You know what? The biggest thing that changed for me was that it th- they worked on the discipline of life. So um, the first thing that is uh, uh, that I, I changed was m- the time I invested in prayer. That was the first thing I changed. Mm-hmm. Part of the reforming was not that I go mm-hmm. to spend more time to get fit, but it's, uh, it's overall well-being. So um, the first change I saw was prayer. My prayer started to be more disciplined, my m- longer. I used to wake up, I started waking up earlier for it. And all of a sudden, when I did that, and I thought, and then I had more time for training, and then I had more focus throughout the day. Once I had more focus, then I could spend longer at the gym, and I saw better results. I wasn't exhausted all the time, so I could eat better, you know, because the worst thing is when you're exhausted, you don't care, you just want to eat, mm-hmm. Yeah. you know? And so everything, it's just a cycle. <laughs> it's like, I know it's easier said than done, so, but I'd say accountability and planning. You need to plan, you can't just wake up one morning and feel motivated and then realize uh, the next day you might not feel motivated, then what? Yeah, Mm -hmm. I was just going to say that two points that I pulled out of that were um, setting goals, actually setting goals, planning and accountability. And uh, exactly, but manageable goals. Don't start, if you have three kids at home, two kids at home, don't, don't plan to spend an hour at the gym every day yeah. yeah you know don't spend you can't spend an hour uh, meditating every day you cannot mm-hmm. so it's not physically possible so do manageable goals and don't be hard on yourself if you like we have people doing this course who literally are offering 10 minutes of prayer and that's 10 minutes more than they ever thought they could do yeah yeah, yeah. and that's amazing you mm-hmm. know like th- and that brings about change mm. i don't know if you've ever heard the quote or the question, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Oh, my goodness. You know, and I think that for me in particular, I can identify with that sense of overwhelm, sometimes needing to start something. Or even when I have a dream or a vision to do something, I can feel very overwhelmed and debilitated because of how big it is. And I think for me, particularly when I hear, you know, it takes 21 days to create a habit. I'm like, 21 days feels like a long time, but seven days, one week. I can do that. And so for me in my life, week by week, I have a little sheet of paper with the seven days of the week on it. And I'll write like the three top things that I want to do consistently each of those days. And I'll tick it off on that list. Um, But pick seven days. If 21 days is too long or 100 days is too long, just pick seven days. And then just pick one thing. What's one thing that you want to reintroduce into your life? And it can be really small. And I encourage it to be achievable because if you set that one thing to be an elephant and you don't achieve it, you're going you're gonna to flop. So pick one thing and do it well rather than doing 10 things badly. Yeah. And just do it for seven days. And once you do it for seven days, you're like, okay, I can do it for one more week. Yes, so and, uh, exactly. And so even when in this course it's 12, weeks or seven weeks uh, seven days you know but uh, and each of the seven days you have a goal for the for the next seven days the next mm-hmm. seven days so yeah I, absolutely time timelining things is so important and being like here's another thing listen is that sometimes we compromise our commitments so this is one thing i always tell people if you're going to commit to 10 minutes of prayer do 11 minutes mm-hmm. if you're going to commit to five minutes do six minutes 
If you're going to do twen- uh, 25 minutes, do 26 minutes. Because this is what happens. We start to compromise, then we start doing 20 minutes and 19 minutes. Mm-hmm. So your commitment is to 26 minutes of generosity with God. Yeah. You see? So if you're at the gym and you commit to doing 30 minutes on the treadmill, do 31 minutes. You know? And so this is always something that we do. Because then we, when we're tired, we want to do 25. Mm-hmm. We stop at 10, you know? Yeah. So this is uh, the thing. And, and make tedious f- tasks fun. So when I'm on the treadmill, I listen to my music. When I'm sweeping the floor, cleaning, cleaning my house, I have my music full blast. And when I'm driving long drives and I don't feel like driving, I'm listening to audio books. Yeah. So make a tedious task fun by doing something that, yeah, that makes yeah. it fun. I was just going to say just start the way we overcome fighting laziness. Like it, it starts in the mind, but it needs to be fought with the hands. Mm-hmm. You just need to start and just pick one thing. Um, just do it. Yes, just do it. And as simple as making your bed. Right. Hey. Exactly. Yeah. Wake up in the morning, make your bed as the first task of the day. You've already accomplished something and that builds that momentum and you just continue yeah. to smash. I always things. make my bed. All well done. I, I can't remember well like done, not Bob. it's not always tidy. <laughs> but always like I can't remember not making yeah. bed. Yeah. Yeah. And I think also you can combat laziness with love practically. Like love has a characteristic of movement and activity and that's what we're talking mm. about. Do something. So if you look at your week and you've got lots of free nights and a free weekend and your tendency is to just ease into that laziness, stop yourself and combat laziness with love and say, I have a lot of time you know, this week, who can I love and how can I love them? I'm going to text this person. I'm going to promise to cook them some food. I'm going to pop in to see this person or, you know, I'm going to go and clean this thing for this person. So combat it with love. And also discipline yourself with um, your, for example, if you're going to watch Netflix, don't say I'm going to watch Netflix until I fall asleep. So no, I want to watch two hours of Netflix. Be generous, four hours, but once you've reached the four hours, then Cut stop. Off. <laughs> yeah. Don't mm. spend like, and then you realize you're seven hours in and you're still watching Netflix or still playing with your phone. Mm-hmm. So set, I, I have one of those digital clocks, not on my phone, but like it's, it's a circle and you turn it and it, it, it's a gadget, it's fun <laughs> and it lights up. <laughs> and then, um, so like when I'm at my desk, I say, I'm going to do an email. I'm doing emails, but I don't want to spend more than an hour. I set it for an hour. And, and then I press it and it's just, uh, uh, the, the alarm goes off. If I'm going to watch Netflix, I know you don't want to do it, but I put four hours and it's not that I'm going to spend four hours, but if I do spend more than four hours, there's an alarm to remind me, hey. Mm-hmm. You, I feel you, like we I need Catholic influencers, TikTok, time, <laughs> timers. Egg timers. timers. <laughs> <laughs> and I think exactly. this goes without saying, but um, and it's not just this cliche, let's wrap the, all this conversation in a bow, but actually ask God to help you. Yes. If you are stuck and you are feeling like life is stagnant because of your laziness or laziness has become a vice to you um ask god you do not have to climb out of the hole on your own um saint francis de sales said do not despair over your shortcomings start over each day you make a you make spiritual progress by continually beginning again and again so if you fail and if it's two o'clock in the afternoon today i dare you not to wait till tomorrow to start start now now is your beginning not tomorrow or the next day or next week start yes. now and uh, do it with god just want to just a shout out as well to this app really great app mm-hmm. it's called sensor google it look for it it's uh, especially those who struggle with procrastination uh, there's not an ad this is not just uh, especially mm-hmm. if you suffer from adhd or um certainly uh, an app s-e-n-s-a check that out anyway we'll mm-hmm. uh, um, come to the end of our time together 
We're really grateful for you. We're grateful, thankful, thankful, thankful. This is the penultimate episode of the season. Yes, because next week we're going to answer your questions. Thank you to every single person who has sent in your questions via email, via social media. The three of us are going to put our two brains each together and we're going to... <laughs> That's a, a joke from previous episodes. If you've listened, you'll understand exactly what I mean. We're going to try and answer these questions for you in our final episode of the season, final episode of the year, next no episode. way. Yes. We love see you all you so much. We pray for you often. So mm-hmm. yes. keep it real. Yeah, absolutely. And so we'll see you again next week. Sorry if we won't be able to answer all of your questions, but we're definitely going to give it a go. Um, so thank you. God bless. And we will see you next week. This has been a production of OSV Podcasts. To learn more, visit osvpodcasts.com.